unfortunately for the world of law, we've seen a lot of judges behaving badly situations, uh, especially over the last few weeks, and, and kind of focused on the Midwest and the Chicago area even. So I, the question is, what is a judge's obligation on how he or she should comport him or herself, herself on the bench? Why are we seeing this bad behavior? What recourse does the public have when we have these issues? And does that really harm the whole process when we have these things happening? And with us to uh, discuss this is one of the foremost retired judges in our state, Judge Michael McCuskey. He served as a judge for 32 years. He was a state and an appellate state judge. And then he served as a federal judge, having been appointed by President Bill Clinton. Uh, during course of his tenure, he's developed a stellar reputation and distinguish himself many activities and he's a, a friend of the radio uh format so uh welcome to the welcome to i was going to say welcome to the court judge welcome karen i'm glad to be on wgn i've been on before but i don't think i've ever been on your show so i'm glad to be here well it's nice to hear your voice so i'm going to start jack can you play that first uh, audio of this is a Michigan judge, and let me just set this up. I know, judge, you listened to this, um, but it's a female judge, and she is um, has a person in front of her who is being fined for not taking care of his property, letting the weeds sort of run up all over, and he apparently is is elderly and and is a cancer patient. Let's uh, take a listen to it. I am a cancer patient, very old man. And I am a cancer patient. I was then very weak and this, see, very weak. And this time of rainy season, I cannot look look after this thing. You should be ashamed of yourself. If I could give you jail time on this, I would. And we didn't have all of the, the, the audio of the judge. But when you, in, in, in the whole picture of this, judge, as you recall, she kind of goes off on him. And she kind of just gets angry and talks, t- starts talking about how, how he should be put in jail and blah, blah, blah. What, what do you make of this kind of conduct? Well, first, Karen, I did a little uh, investigative work, which makes this even worse. So this is from Hamtramck, Michigan. I didn't know where it was at. I looked it up. It's immediately next to... Detroit. So I thought, well, this must have a high African-American population. It doesn't. That's 28,500 people. But diversity is big. The population of whites, about 50 percent, a third African-American of the 50, a third Middle East, and then a third Mexican. So half of the people that are going to come in front of this judge are going to be diverse. It gets even worse. The mayor is Amir Habib, probably Indian or Middle East. The the person in court is Burhan Chowdhury with his son, Habir. These are people that the judge, who was a white young woman, would see every day in her city. And then Chowdhury ought to have caught, if she lived there, ought to have caught her attention Because there's a chowdhury on the city council, and in fact, the city council is 100% diverse. So this is, I first thought, well, maybe this is ethnic bias. No, this is her community. And in a nuisance court, which is what I said at different times over the years in Peoria, it's real simple. You would immediately say, uh, Mr. Chowdhury, I see your, is this your son with you? 
because in a diverse community, you're going to have the children come to help them speak. And then you would read the uh, nuisance complaint and say, so, Mr. Chowdhury, tell me why the weeds haven't been cut. Then he would say he was sick, and, and, and it would make sense. And then you say the picture. Then you'd ask the son, has this ever been cleared up? And I think the son even said he took care of it, but he couldn't when he was out of the country. This isn't a case where you get upset at all. And what you usually do after you've been very polite, because most of these people who show up are polite, they were here, and say, uh, if it's been cleared up, I'm going to continue the case until next spring or summer. And I just want to make sure that, Mr. Chowdhury, you get somebody to help or your son, but we'll continue it. And then you tell the uh, person from the city, usually the uh, zoning officer, come back and give me another picture and let's see what happens. We're not interested in the money. We're interested in cleaning up the neighborhood. Simple as that. This was a very simple case in a a court that she's used to diversity. So uh, obviously it made CNN. I hope somebody complained to the chief judge. But this wouldn't happen this way in Illinois because all new judges are given training and ethics training and how to comport themselves and these type of films are shown and discussed also all new judges have to have a mentor to talk about these things and they don't they shouldn't happen and if they do but i think they do i think think i'm not disagreeing Karen. i'm saying if they do the chowdhury should have complained to the chief judge they certainly complained to get on or somehow got on cnn and if there was as in Illinois, would have been a mentor. The mentor should be contacted by the chief judge. And if you don't want to do any of that, we have a judicial inquiry board in Illinois where you can complain that has citizens on it, not just lawyers and judges, citizens. And then then they would pass the complaint on to the judicial inquiry board. But clearly, there has to be some punishment in this case to the judge because in this community, she's in a diverse community, and... If she knows anything, Chowdhury's a normal name, and there's a city council member with the same name and a mayor who's Asian. Well, I don't get know, it. I, and and I, I, I didn't think of this case from an ethnic standpoint, and maybe you did because maybe you thought that was part of the problem. But, you know, I've told people all the time, and I've practiced in criminal courts where you have a, a client who has been accused, you know, and maybe even guilty of a horrendous crime. I mean, horrendous crime or crimes. And when that person stands next to you and you're up before the judge and he's in his, you know, in his orange suit and he's shackled. Hello, Mr. Smith. How are you doing today? Ms. Conti, how are you doing? Uh, counsel the prosecution. What are we here on today? It's a motion to blah, blah. Okay, fine. Let's get some time to do it. And thank you. Have a great day. Nice to see you, Mr. Smith. I've seen judges do that. Now, Yes. You know, there's no there's no harm to doing that. Why? Because that it makes everyone look like it makes it look like it is a fair process. Now, I don't know that the system can ever be perfectly fair. But when a judge that little thing a judge can do to be kind, considerate and just just civil to all litigants in the same way, doesn't that just speak volumes? Well, in her case, it's to me the most egregious. Because when I sat in the, some people call it the nuisance court, the ordinance court in the city of Peoria in the state of Illinois, the city was not interested in money. 
it's no jail sentence. The most you could do under a city ordinance of fine up to $500, and that's only after time and time again they don't take the time to correct the problem. These people clearly were going to correct the problem or had corrected the problem, and to talk about a fine or jail means you don't even know what court you're in. This is not only egregious because of the city she's in, the court she's in, and you know what? I don't know how you punish her because you can't put her in a court. Maybe you could put her in marriage court in Cook County where you do all the marriages, and then who knows what happens there. But this is egregious. And, you know, I, and, and we're going to take a break. But, but my problem with, you know, I mean, we all make mistakes, right? We all have bad days. We all speak maybe a little too harshly to our barista, to our spouse, to our ch- child. Okay, fine. But when you're a judge, I mean, you are... The, you are the justice system to that person and to everyone else in court and to everyone who is watching this. And if, if, and if you as a judge are losing your temper in a way like that, that, you know, that doesn't instill a confidence in, in the system. I mean, as a lawyer, it doesn't instill confidence in, in me in that system. But when we come back, let's talk some more about some judge, judges behaving badly and, um, especially the one in Cook County where the judge was, uh, caught on a hot mic. We're talking. Okay. We're talking to, uh, Judge Michael McCuskey. We'll be back in a minute on WGN. We're talking to Judge Michael McCuskey, who spent 32 years on the bench, various benches, state and appellate. Uh, uh, judge, and he was also a federal judge, and we're talking about some of the cases that we've heard recently that are just, just really kind of disturbing. And you know, we didn't talk about this judge, but I want, I found this on what is it, Court Cam or whatever that show is, where it has all these bad behavior of judges and litigants, <laughs> which, which you know, my husband wants to watch, and I'm like, no, I kind of practice law there. So anyway, uh, Jack, why don't you play this one? This is this is the one where the judge actually asks the public defender to step out of the courtroom to fight, okay? If you can believe this. Go ahead. If I had a rock, I would throw it at you right now. Shut me off. Just sit down. I'll take care of it. I don't need your help. No, I'm the public defender. I have a right to be here, and I have a right to stand I said sit down. If you want to fight, let's go out back, and I'll just beat your Whoa. Guess what? That judge is no longer on the bench. But they did go back, and I guess there was a little skirmish of uh, some type. Um, <laughs> it, it reminds me of a story of a judge who lost his uh, job as a judge in Michigan when he got outside at uh, one of the trucks that uh, serves breakfast. He got his coffee, and he didn't like it. And he told the deputy to go out and handcuff the guy and bring him oh, into his courtroom no. so he could chew him out over his coffee. And you wonder how some of these people get through the system. But as you know, in Cook County, lots of people get retained that nobody knows anything about them. But I was a public defender, and every once in a while you'd see a judge that was mad at you for something. But this one's unbelievable. Let's go fight it out. Wow. And uh, that immediately, I'm assuming, went to the Judicial Inquiry Board, the Courts Commission, and then you retire 
so it ends, and, and so you don't have that on your record if you're trying to get a job with a law firm. Right, and, and I just know he's no longer a, a judge, and I don't know where he is floating around there somewhere. Maybe maybe he's doing amateur boxing. Who would know? Um, but <laughs> um, let's talk a little bit about another case from the Midwest here in Chicago. Is a criminal courts judge who I think we've all heard this story. He thought he was on a hot mic. He didn't know. He made comments. He said, can you imagine waking up to that woman and every every day? Oh, my God, I couldn't have a visual on that if you pay me. Did you see her? She was going nuts, glasses off, fingers through her hair, phones all over. It's insane. He disparaged her for yelling and not being professional. She referenced her associate who said, looked like a 13-year-old boy. That's her man-child, said the judge. Um, and- was this the one where he also said, can you imagine waking up yes. next to her every day? Yes, Yes. So, so as, as, and this is Jennifer Bonjean. She is a very high profile civil, it doesn't matter if she's high profile or not, civil rights attorney based in New York. She does a lot of work in Chicago area. And she said to me on the air, she said, you know, you sometimes know when someone is being discriminatory, but they hardly ever say it. And they never say it on the air where it's recorded. So this was a very unusual situation. What do you make of this kind of, of this kind of talk? And do you think that this is a there's a possibility that this judge can redeem himself and sit on the bench and be an effective jurist? Well, here's the interesting question. Uh, he would have a clerk in the court, maybe a court reporter on most of the time, or certainly he's got the high, hot mic, mic recording him. This isn't his first rodeo. This is regular bad conduct, inappropriate conduct, and... The court reporter, obviously, or the people that listening to the tape, or the clerk, or even the bailiff, they're all complicit in making this judge feel comfortable doing this. I mean, that's so it's true. a big problem. It's a big problem, and you know, I guess there was a little bit of sympathy for the state's attorney and the public defender, even who were there saying, like, you know, when you got the judge making comments, what are you going to do? Say, judge, that's not appropriate. Please don't say that. Please don't talk like that. You kind of go along with it. Yeah, you're right, judge. Well, they're stuck. They know that they'll be punished because they also know this is common conduct by this judge. And so the question is, and again, I've said this before, it doesn't matter what I think, but I think everyone makes mistakes, and we all have a bad day. And But the judiciary is such a sacred place, especially a criminal courts judge who regularly puts people in life for jail, or in this case, in, in the case that was before him, there was a question of whether a person had been wrongfully convicted 30 years ago. So these are very important decisions that affect people for life. I mean, how do you undo that? Can you put the toothpaste back in the tube? Can I, as a female attorney, ever appear before this judge and expect to be treated professionally? Well, obviously, you know the answer to that because you've got the scouting report. And the one thing that people can do, but it gets you a bad reputation, is take a change of that judge immediately as soon as the case is assigned to him. Then you'll never have to appear in front of that judge, but he may pass on to his colleagues behind the scenes that uh, she's got a problem, and uh, she doesn't want to ha- have me as her judge. Well, at least she can't get rid of you. You know, that conduct's going to go behind the scenes of trying to label you as a bad person. 
I mean, even though you're trying to protect your clients by taking a change on the bad judge every time you get that assignment. And it goes beyond female attorneys. I mean, let's just say that I am a prosecutor and I have a rape case and I have a woman who's going to be sitting on the bench, sitting on the witness chair, rather, and and testifying. And I mean, what do I think this judge is going to make of her testimony if she if, if he was so derogatory and sexist when it came to the female lawyer. I mean, I just I just think of all the permutations. And again, you like to give people a second chance, but I just don't know how he can put this back into a place where people could come to his bench and feel comfortable that he's not going to be discriminatory. Well, I'm not defending the judge. I'm trying to at least make your listeners understand the system that out of a thousand judges in the state of Illinois, uh, one percent is still going to be too many, but the I would say ninety eight, ninety nine percent of all the judges would feel like me. We got to find a way to get rid of this person or assign them into something that they can't hurt people. But you can yell at them, I guess, in uh, nuisance court or uh, small claims. But uh, we do have. Uh, I think 98, 99% of all judges that respect and comply with the law and conduct themselves at all time in a manner that promotes public confidence in the integrity and impartiality of the judiciary. But there's a bad apple, uh, not many, but they're there. And, uh, you know, it's one where I think Zoom and uh, phones, you can... Film on your phone and do Zoom on your phone. That's why I think the Chowdhury's did in Michigan. And there, they're stuck with the words and the picture. And we haven't had that until recently. And I'm going to take this one step down. Um, And I told my listeners this a couple of weeks ago. I was in Zoom court several months back, and it was a female judge who I like and I respect. And the other lawyer was a a male, and he was going on and on, very, very loud in five minutes and arguing, arguing. So it was my turn, Ms. Conti. So I'm going, and I'm also loud, and my hands are moving, and I'm giving the argument. And she said, the judge, you're hysterical, Ms. Conti. You have to calm down. And you know what? I've had this before. For 36 years, I've been a lawyer. And I, fi- I just it just came out with it. I said, judge, am I hysterical, or am I just being an advocate? I, I saw my opponent do the exact same thing. And I know you're a female judge, I said, but I can't help but think this might be offensive to you because I'm female. She really got upset. She goes, I was the second woman in my law school class and blah, blah, blah. And I was the second judge in the whole bench and blah, blah. And she started going off on me. And I'm thinking, oh, boy, did I make the wrong move? But after that happened, she calmed down and was not hysterical. And she treated me well. She listened to my arguments, and that has never happened again with her. And I think by calling her on that, she realized, I think, I think she realized that she was treating me differently, and she understood the issue. Um, but it's hard to do that as a young lawyer, right? It's hard to say, Judge, you're acting discriminatorily. Well, the one thing that I always have done is know that there could be a problem when there's a woman on one side and a man on the other, and there's a difference in age. And because there are a lot of the old, good old boys did not like the fact that there are more and more women judges, more and more women lawyers. They liked the good old boy network that when I started Peoria, we had 700 lawyers and only seven women. 
And so when that starts, you have to tone down the first person and say, hey, I can hear you. Court reporter can hear you. Let's just relax. And because, you know, that's probably what it is, yelling at the woman, trying to, you know, get her off her game, get her feeling bad. And you did the right thing. You took your chance. But I think you knew this is a, a judge that also knows they've let it get out of hand. Right, right. And it's, you know, and it's something you have to contend with. It's just the way it is. And, you know, instead of getting bitter and angry, you do what you can to try to educate people. Um, but I just think there, there is, we had another, another situation. I, I want to just, uh, we actually, we, oh, we don't even have time for it. But um, there was a judge downstate who basically had a rape uh, a defendant in front of him. He was convicted, I understand, didn't want to sentence him and basically said, I'm not going to do this because there, are, there were female people in underwear swimming around. What did, what did he expect to do, you know, because he raped the, the girl because she was uh, intoxicated. Um, the, the scary thing, Karen, in that case is the judge in Quincy didn't even know what the sentence was going to be under the law. And then when he found out the sentence was going to be prison, he said something like 140 days in jail is enough and then realized, no, you found him guilty. So then <laughs> reverses his decision yeah, that's right. and then goes off on the people swimming in the in the swimming pool, the female with their underwear, yeah, unbelievable. Because, because they were, they were, of course, asking for it. According to you know, reading between the lines. Anyway, um, I'm hoping though, you know, when I see this bad behavior, I don't revel in it. I don't like it at all. I just hope it makes judges think a little bit differently, try to clear their head, try to be more fair, and um, and and maybe 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 we weed out uh, the, the bad judges a little bit during the election and the appointment process. But I want to thank you for joining us, uh, Judge Mike McCuskey. Thank you so much for being uh, with us on WGN. Thank you for having me. Bye right. now. All right. Take care.